Joining the podcast this week is another fellow Welshie, actor Georgia Henshaw. Georgia began acting at the age of eight and hasn't looked back since landing roles in British staples such as Casualty and The Bill. As she got older, she hit the silver screen as Rosie in Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging and was able to showcase her talents to a wider audience. That led Georgia to appear on series with huge followings such as Skins, Two Pints of Lager and a Packet of Crisps and Waterloo Road. Georgia has proved her ability on screens and stages for the best part of two decades and the talented actor is also enjoying voice acting and it's easy to see why I love listening to her voice and I'm sure that you will too. Georgia, good morning. How are you today? Yeah, good morning, Jack. I'm really, really good. Thank you. Yeah, chilled. Happy. Happy. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good to know that you're happy on a Sunday morning, doing Sunday Sunday mornings right. As it should be. Absolutely. I I want to start, if I can, by can you take me back to July 1993, baby Georgia was born. What are your earliest memories? I was born in Bridgend, right? I was born in Bridgend, so I lived there until I was seven. Right. Um... And um, I do certainly remember bits from there. We lived up on a cul-de-sac, um, up, yeah, in Pencoid it was. And right, so we lived up on this cul-de-sac and I had a Barbie Jeep. Nice. You know, one of those little toy cars forward back. But I was a bad boy in it. And I would do like <laughs> three-point turns and stuff on the drive, seriously. Nice. And I remember going up, so hence me saying cul-de-sac. I'd pull out on my mum's drive and on the road and then just go up and I don't know how fast these things can go not fast at all I'm talking like I was like three four and I go in the middle of the road like all the way up around the roundabout middle of the road take my sweet time and then till I got back to my drive and I'd have cars waiting behind me and I'd be like you know what I mean putting the hand up patience patience so that loved my Barbie Jeep and one day my mum said to me she was like, I said to her, I was with a friend and I was like, um, you know, when you're just testing your luck a little bit, I was like, um, I'm just going down the uh, sweet shops to go get some sweets. I think it was like five max. She nice. went, yeah, fine. Yeah, fine. And I was like, the sweet shop, because there was one down the hill, down, down the main, main hill onto the main road and you cross the main road. I knew this wasn't something I should be doing. I'm like looking her in the eyes, the sweet shop, mum the sweet shop she's like yeah 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 fine see you in a bit right so I got on my barbie jeep on the road drove all the way down the hill crossed got the main road remember crossed the road parked properly in the parking spaces next to the owner's car and uh yeah when I got my sweets went all the way back my mum's like Georgia you were ages I was like well I went to the sweet shop you said it was fine so yeah me and my adventures in that barbie jeep comes Uh spring to mind (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, so we, would you say you were given quite a lot of freedom then as a child in your little cul-de-sac? I reckon I was given quite a lot of freedom, but it was just that felt quite safe up there. Mm-hmm. One road, go to the top. Everyone knows each other on that street. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so yeah, it was decent. We moved to Swansea then. Mm-hmm. Moved to Swansea when I was seven. And um, I guess that did me well. So I used to be into, I was into gymnastics really when I was a child. Mm-hmm. I'd never done any drama or any classes like that and it was moving to Swansea that got me um got me into that so that was that was a good move for me yeah and um yeah Swansea is a beautiful place I mean I, I enjoy going back now yeah um I just think it is gorgeous absolutely as I say there's a Swansea beach is very nice yeah really nice I'm just I've just been working on something recently actually and um it's set well some of it's at Caswell Bay all right so it's really nice to be thinking about my hometown and such beautiful places in yeah. work. Excellent. Uh, outside of school, sounds like you had some awesome adventures in your little Barbie Jeep. What were you yeah. like in school? What sort of people <laughs> were you? I was um, a little happy, wild child, but not actually really naughty. Okay. Not that naughty. Okay, I mean, <laughs> depends on your perspective. <laughs> so I genuinely said this to my mum. I went home and I was like, mum, I've nailed it. I've nailed it. She was like, what? I was like, I've worked it out. If you're being naughty and you're pulling a face at your friend and the teacher looks at you, just pull that face at the teacher and they laugh. Because, do you know what? If you think you're being naughty, you're being naughty. If you own it, you weren't in any trouble. So I was one of those. And I really did always just chat to and see the teachers as individuals. Mm. Um, 
as I wanted them to see me as an individual, not one of the however many. Because yeah. if you're seen as a person, it's just great to have those personable relationships and be able to chat and have a laugh. And yeah, that's that's kind of how I worked it, really. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Obviously, I try to do the same with my children and see them all as individuals and build those bonds with them. So that's really awesome. Are there any mm. teachers that sort of stand out for you? Is any you recall? Yeah, uh, Mr. Chess was awesome he was uh, one of my secondary teachers chemistry mm-hmm. he was awesome he was inspired he inspired me to want to go into forensic science um wow. he was just such a fun man um and he, he had a brilliant like a broom like a thick mustache um and he would build robotic ducks and things and you know, he'd have like a robot club and you could wow. build robotic bits and race them in the school pool. Or we were learning about the anatomy of atoms. Yeah. You know, the nucleus and oh, electrons, protons. <laughs> oh, there's probably something else going on. Just the things he would do. He would make up great silly songs. I remember one day I was flossing in class. It's not very <laughs> lovely, but I was flossing, right? Okay. And... um And he looked at me and rather than tell me off, he said, flossing, Georgia, fantastic. And then he like drew on the board teeth and he showed exactly how to do it. And the fact that it's not like, you know, between the teeth, forwards and backwards, he kind of put one bit up between one, wrap it over so it attaches around in the next gap over and kind of pull it like that. Ah, So rather than tell you off for something yeah educate you yeah and I think that was awesome and I've got to be honest with you so I was friends with the louder more back chatty people however in this class because we thought he was so brilliant and put in such great energy into it those very people would like stick up for him so if there were people talking in class they'd be Mm -hmm. like I shut up you speak in (laughs) brilliant it's just it's just great and I did man I did bump into him a couple of years later and um I told him I was like you inspired me to want to go into forensic science yeah there you go I'm sure he appreciated that that's awesome Um, so when you were in high school your first uh, sorry primary school your first sort of foray into acting was you said was you about seven or eight when you went to yeah yeah, when you went to an an acting school so how was that yeah, it was great. So it wasn't a plan of mine or my mum's. I um, It was a best friend of mine, Jodie mm-hmm. Wayne Morris. She was going to a Saturday class. She was trying it out called Mark German Stage School. And I went along with her and mm-hmm. it was really uh, just fun. Three hours, five pounds, which is the most, imp- well, not the most important thing, but a really, really important thing. because It was accessible. Yeah, actually accessible to people. I mean, I I went to Stagecoach once. I think that was £13 a class. Mm. That rules people out. Yes, definitely. It was just not great. So this one was accessible. Anyone could go. And it was just like a a great place to be. And I remember turning up and it was singing, dancing, acting. I wasn't too bothered about the singing and dancing. But uh, you'd go, you'd stand in a circle and it was like improvising bits. Mm -hmm. And... That's just, that was just so me. Like, yeah. You know, any volunteers, boom, hand up, and you go into the middle of the circle, and it was just drama games. Like, yeah. he gives a, a little, he gives some scenario and then pause. And who wants to go in? Me. Let's run in and change the scene. And that was that. And you were supposed to be there for a month before you got any auditions. Mark German, clever man. He was working for Ravens Court Theatre School in London mm-hmm. as a teacher and an agent. So us being in Swansea, he had us on their books. Ah, so we right had today. then professional like auditions for yeah. jobs and stuff. It was awesome. That was the inn. Um, and you were supposed to be there for four weeks before you would get you an audition. Uh, and I went there for two classes and he got me an audition for casualty. And my mum printed off the script for me and she was like, you know, there you go. That's yours, Georgia. And I'm like, thank you. I'm eight. I'll do this on my own. So I went in the bedroom and like did it all on my own, wouldn't do it in front of her or anything. Yeah. And um, but just chilled. And then she was like, right, you'll have a day off school. Nice. Day off school. We might have some nice food. And essentially they're there to see you. It was not about 
There was just no pressure whatsoever. Yeah. So, yeah, we did turn up and we just had a laugh all the way. And I was just really happy going into the room. And I was like, that's how she framed it in my yeah. mind. They're there to see you. Hi, nice to meet you. Let's have a laugh. You know, any questions? What do you want me to do? And I'll do it. And then I got it. So, um, yeah, I played Gemma Terry, mm-hmm. uh, a tubby eight-year-old is that a tubby eight-year-old is that your role (laughs) yeah so in the brief and I and they hadn't put that in the script that they'd Mm -hmm. sent me the sides and then I'm looking at and then they printed some off like in the audition room in the waiting room sorry and I and I saw it I actually went to my mum tubby eight-year-old and I was I was like I was I could I was like a size 10 adults when I was 10 Okay. So I was a tubby a girl. You gotta you gotta grow to grow, baby. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And uh looked at my mum. I was like, tubby eight-year-old. And she went, nah, they're all too skinny. You're perfect. And I got the job. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. So it sounds like you had a brilliant experience because I think some people would look on sort of child being a child actor is quite obviously a negative thing and it sounds like for you it was a very much a positive thing yeah really interesting the the opportunities that you have and the the places you get to go love running around the UK and it was always with my mum yeah my mum was my chaperone she'd always just get the time off work or if she couldn't she'd leave she'd leave that job she's like oh, wow. yeah, I'm going with my daughter oh that's awesome yeah so we're like twins as well. So it was just us happy. So yes. I had that really very good person by my side, not like a momager, mm-hmm. no pressure whatsoever, keeping it entirely real, really Excellent. chilled, happy. And so uh, we'd play Uno, you know, lots of Uno. Nice. Um, and so I really did not have that pressure on me because I don't think, well, I, I, I was actually surrounded by young people that did mm-hmm. in every audition room they're there with their parents and I genuinely would witness like do your lines read your lines yeah and they're like mom I feel sick that's not gonna get the best out of someone is it oh absolutely not so it sounds like you obviously mom was very supportive and that's really worked for you that's brilliant what was it like um with being on casualty that first time when it was actually put onto tv and you're there sort of eight or nine watching that on tv what was that like it was really fun. I had a casualty party at my grandma's house. Nice. And so I invited my mates from school, some of my mates. And I swear we had fish and chips, loads of fish and chips. And uh, I brought the prosthetic that they'd put on my elbow, which just looked like a fried egg, really. So, um, yeah, it was really fun watching that, but disgusting watching oh, yeah. myself back for yeah. the first time. <laughs> disgusting. And it continued to be disgusting for years. All right. And I know like loads of actors what don't watch themselves back. Well, actually, that's how, that is how I learned. That's mm-hmm. how I learned. Definitely. How do I know? How do I, you don't, I don't know. I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue what it looks like. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have a clue. It's all like, just do it. Hope for the best. Put it in other people's hands. That's that. Wait for the final product. That's what we're all working on. So yeah. I definitely will watch these things because I think that's like the the thing at the end. That's the product, yeah. um, and learn from that. But so, but for years, I was really grossed out because, like, not actually really happy with my performance or whatever. But okay. whatever. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like you've obviously used it as a positive, and then learned to sort of look at it and look back on yourself and go, actually, you know, I am improving as an actor. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. So you've broke into acting when you're on Casualty uh, and you did a couple of, you seem to get onto all the way through, really, your very well-known British sort of iconic shows, like you did Casualty, you did The Bill as well when you were very young. Yeah, mm-hmm. done that a couple of times. They were uh, great. Yeah, so what uh, What was The Bill like then? Was it sort of the same sort of setup? Did you feel once you'd done Casualty, did going into other things on TV feel the, feel the same? Quite similar quite mm-hmm. similar but they're all kind of individual families because mm-hmm. they had been going on for so many years so you turn up and 
I mean, certainly being a child, everyone's just being lovely, aren't they? Well, yeah. you know, they were. Well, fortunately, they were. Um, so it is just slipping into part of their family. And um, I must say, out of casualty, the bill, doctors, Holby City, you know, those those staples. Okay, so they were the nicest on the bill. They were just, there was, some, wow. there was something about it. There was something about them. Something oh, about awesome. them. I don't know why. There was a, it was really, really nice to work on. Oh, right. So me and my mum. <laughs> right. This is, I think this is good. So um, it was around Christmas time and I was doing the bill. And so me and mum every year would, would have a, a works do, like really just honestly, really me and her. Because you know when you say a works do, I'm talking like we would be looking on it ironically like, party hat me and her obviously I'm not drinking I'm a child nice. but like having some silly fun in a I can't remember where we went for this one I feel like you know like a harvest store or something like that yeah Keeping it chilled where you can be a bit silly wear a party hat and have a giggle right so we we, we, we we'd done this thing there that we'd um we'd worked out a family trait in which we just decided to jut out our jut our teeth lower teeth in front of the above teeth, so giving ourselves a decent chin, right? Like that. And so and we were like do, doing that and a bit in our in our office party and our works do, like being silly. And then when we uh, when we rocked up to the bill on the first day, I was like, Mum, let's do it. So we committed, committed to it. First day of the bill is it's like <laughs> walked up, hey uh, Georgia Henshaw and Chaperone, like a chin out they're like oh good morning good morning signed us in and it was we only broke when we were walking down the corridors and someone just really lightly just looked good morning and we're just absolutely wet ourselves laughing uh, but um you know uh, just you've got to like keep it fresh keep it lively yeah. and have a laugh and so when i was doing the bill i don't know which time there was a crying scene in it and um so they've got this thing tear stick right and it's menthol so think of it as like a tube of lipstick yeah but it's clear and it's mental like Vicks and they would put it by here and by just under your eyes in the corners okay. and uh, so it makes your eyes water as if you were crying if you've got it on outside and it's windy you're like you, you know you can't stop crying you're streaming anyway I really I thought it was brilliant I can't remember what scene we used it for but we used it and I was like that oh, this is amazing this is amazing hyping about it so much I think I was like 13 at this point they gave me one just really nice and then I went home, I was chilling in Swansea and my friend Maddie, I think I was like 15, my friend Maddie, she was like, I'm going on a date. Uh, yeah, he's picking me up now. So there we go. He's driving there, coming to get her from outside the car. And when he arrived, I, I quickly found the tear stick before he arrived. I went to Maddie, I went, I've got this new gorgeous concealer. <laughs> concealer for just around your eyes by here it's really it's just like brightening freshens you up so she puts this tear stick under her eyes i run out ran outside before her ran out to the car and went look she's a bit nervous okay be nice she is a bit nervous she's a bit nervy but she'll be fine she's like comes out crying i'm not really crying she's <laughs> brilliant yeah. I was going to say that is sounds pretty lethal being given a, a, a crying on cue stick to a teenage girl. Yeah, you exactly. <laughs> so you've been on a few TV shows by this point, and then you land your role in Anger Stongs and Perfect Snogging. What was it like to go from TV to film? Uh, as it was such a, uh, I, I would say, big budget thing. I think it was mm -hmm. like I think it was like fifteen twenty mil. For, the, for them, that was low budget. That's them. They were wow. like, yeah, it's really low budget film, crazy, Paramount and Nickelodeon. Um, but it was a different world, definitely. So it was in Ealing Studios. I was 13. And just, for example, for lunch every day, they would, you know, someone would go into Ealing and get you whatever you wanted for food. This is such a terrible, terrible answer by me can't believe I did this I could have had anything there was Carluccio's there were delightful things there Marks and Spencer's whatever you know I had a footlong sub every day I had the uh I think it was like rib meat rib meat with southwest sauce uh jalapenos gherkins footlong every day every day so <laughs> terrible, that. that was just like amazing you, do you know what I mean you can have any of those kinds of bits and we turned up on, on, on well it was on my first 
liked it. I think I might have started filming like a week after some of the others. So I went into my uh, trailer and there were some presents on the table. I opened it and it was a Tiffany's bracelet inscribed and a an iPod, the first video iPod. Wow. I know. So um, that was epic. I, I'd never had anything like that before yeah. on a job. And I don't know if I've had anything like that since. I don't believe so. Right. So, of course, it was a great operation. And the director was brilliant, Gorinda Chadder, and the DOP, Dick Pope. He made it. He was such a happy vision. Mm. Great cinematography. He stands out, really. I thought he was great. Um, so around that, filming essentially, quite similar, okay. where you're working on different content the whole time. As long as you've got the, you know, good production, you've, you're in character and mm-hmm. everyone's doing their jobs. Um, so kind of, I just do mine. But it was around it. So Steve Jones was in the film. Uh, Steve Jones presenter from T4 they did T4 on the beach so mm. we got invited down so we were doing this is when you, we were doing all like press and stuff for the film so they put us up in Claridge's which wow. was unbelievable me and mum staying in Claridge's and, uh, and and they said right so we're all going to T4 on the beach we were invited with Steve so we went down on this bus a bus from Paddington London Paddington down to Brighton and on this bus was us so like the Angus Storms gang some of the skins lot mm-hmm. was before I worked on it as well mm-hmm. like the first generation lot yeah people from Shipwrecked the tv show yes. on channel four yeah, don't I remember, remember that, that. Yeah, yeah yeah um and some of the EastEnders lot yeah so we spent all the hours down going down there together and then we got there and we had these little wristbands so we could go in that like it's called a golden golden circle you know that bit nice. between the main stage and we're like so kelly rollins was playing alphabet and we were supposed to have a live interview on channel four live interview and you'd have thought i'd have been really excited about that right but i was having such such a good time running around it was sponsored by red bull so you can imagine every so i'm red bulled up big time my mum's trying to chase me around with a burger like eat your and we were supposed to have this interview on live interview and um i remember me and aaron aaron johnson who played robbie heard at this exactly the same time that this interview had been cancelled and, and he was like 20 meters away over there and i'm by here we ran to each other like yeah yes, let's go dance it was awesome and uh... i managed to Blag my way into the goodie bag tent. Nice. Oh, this was crazy. I mean, so I've never been in anything like that since. Yeah. Either. <laughs> and I went over and like, bearing in mind, my birthday's in July. So I was just turning 15, could have been 14. Mm. I went over to a lady who was, she's like, oh, what are you here with? I was like, oh, Angus Songs and Perfect Snogging. She was like, I went to the press screening of that the other day. I loved it. I was like, oh, do you want me to introduce you to everyone? So I introduced her to everyone. And I was like, what's that over there? Pointed to a massive white gazebo. Nice. And she was like, oh, that's the gifting suite or something. Um, and I was like, oh, right. Am I, am I allowed in there or... Oh, no. And she was like, wait here. So she went off. I was like, mom, come here now. (laughs) Just white, white doors. And there was these two big bouncers on there. And she she was like, they're with me. These doors opened and it was everyone's dressing room. So on the left and the right was like Kelly Rowland, as I say, Alphabet, Neo, Robin. Really fun people. And so you go past all these dressing rooms. It's like the stairway to heaven, corridor to heaven. And then there's more double doors. And they opened. And then there was like tables of stuff tables of stuff going all the way around and racks and stuff and I we looked at Aaron Johnson because like I'm sure he had uh, I'm sure well he had done this before so we just looked at him like I was like what do we do he went go around and take stuff I was like oh my gosh I went one way mum went the other way and the uh, security came over to mum at one point they were like what are you here with she's like I'm Georgia Henshaw Schrapper and they were like I think you've got enough <laughs> Hey, you've got to you've got to turn the perks though, haven't you? Hell yeah! So I know it's silly, but that was an absolute peak peak for me. So it's brilliant. You mentioned there the skin skins gang before you were on there. Um, obviously you joined it not long after as uh, as Lara, uh, JJ's love interest. 
What was it like going into Skins when obviously they were, you know, they'd been together for quite a long time? What was it like going in for the sort of one-off episode into that? Well, I've got to be honest with you. They're they're a really impressive bunch of people um, in the fact that they were part of a really, really cool, hyped up show. And they were young people at that. So you'd think they would be loving themselves, you know. Mm -hmm. And they were really chilled and down to earth. So I joined and it was like the, it was the second generation. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and yeah, I just remember going to the read through. They're just really chilled out, nice, normal people. And I know, I certainly know all the girls, uh, really good friends to this day. I've worked with Lily since, Lily Loveless, Megan Prescott as well. And uh, they just really, it just shows that they're still friends and yeah. just, normal not too cool for school people mm -hmm. you would expect that they would have thought they were amazing because yeah. they were just in the coolest show at the time and no they were really welcoming really yeah. welcoming and um yeah all the girls as well just great they're still great friends and i don't think you often find that well i certainly struggled with girls in school but they were like exceptionally warm welcoming kind down to earth nice oh, awesome Do you feel being on Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging sort of opened more doors for you? Or do you feel very much like you've sort of got each audition based on your performance there? Or I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure it would have. Just each show likes a bit of profile, don't they? And I think if you've got some things behind you, they like that. Yeah. They do. The producers and things and the people behind the scenes would like that for the selling of their show. So yeah. I am sure that did help. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's good if, well, it just helps if people know your name. Maybe you'll spring to mind first or, and that's what it's all about. So, uh, so uh, yeah, I'm sure that did help. Yeah. Um, I auditioned for Skins first when I was 12. Right. Um, and that was before Angus. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was, when I went up for it, my agent was like, okay, Georgia. So they really want 16-year-olds for licensing purposes because there are just things well come on that show right it's yeah quite like sex and drugs um and partying and things uh and that's what the characters do and you can't actually do have 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 a child doing certain things i auditioned for it it was with jane ripley and i went in there and my agent had said right just don't mention your age just just don't really mention it just play it down whatever i was going in there with another with another girl who i won't name because it was funny so uh i went in there with this girl and we went to drama together and Mark German had said the same thing to both of us and said, play down the age thing, don't, don't mention it because they want 16-year-olds, fine. So I went in there and I think maybe one of the first questions, so how old are you? And this girl's like, well, I'm 13 and Georgia, but you're 12, aren't you? You're 12. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, whatever, we're chatting, chatting about other stuff. And then... Jane left the room. She was like, I'm just going to nip to the toilet. So she went off and we were left there. So for quite a while, we were just chatting. And um, this girl says, um, who shall I say is my favourite? Oh, who shall I say is my favourite? And I was like, I was like, ah, oh, who, whoever your favourite is. I like Cassie because I think she's really cool. I like Cassie from the first series. I think she's really, really cool. I think she's like awesome. Um, to be honest. And then... We were just, do you know what I mean, saying whatever, bits and bobs. And then I was like, do you know what? I don't think she's spending a penny. I think she's spending a pound. I think she's having a poo. And uh, that was that left. And then I went to drama on the Saturday and Mark was there. And he was like, Georgia, come here, come here. We went in another room. He was like, what did you say? I was like, what, what, what? He was like well, Jane loved you, what did you say? I was like, when? He was like, when she left the room, she left the camera running. I was like, yes. I was like, she's going to spend a pound. She's having a poo. <laughs> so anyway, but it was fine. I mean, memorable. Uh, I believe it worked in my favour. And they said, yeah. look, we love Georgia, but we can't use her until she's 16. And I believe they started filming every September. So um, yeah, I was 12 then. So every year... They would call my agent and say, how old's Georgia? So then it got to the time when I was coming of coming of age. 
going to turn 16. And then that's the series I got. So it was, yeah. um, it, that was, that was quite cool that they, that they remembered me really. Yeah, definitely. Not long after that, you were on Waterloo Road as Maddie Diamonds. Cause I always remember sort of seeing you and being like, oh, there's someone Welsh in all the shows I like. Because at the time I was watching like Skins, Waterloo Road, Two Pints, which I'm sure we'll come on to at some point. So I kept seeing you pop up, um, which was good. So Waterloo Waterloo Road, uh, another sort of British iconic show, but it wasn't obviously just for one or two episodes. You were in there for a couple of series as Maddie Diamond. What was that like being on a show for an extended period of time and being able to sort of grow with your character? Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, I mean, I, uh, firstly, it was brilliant to, I started when I was 17 to get the opportunity to go up to Manchester and uh, was working for the BBC. So you got your own little flat, you know, serviced apartment. That Like just real life. That's awesome, isn't it? Mm, absolutely. Um, so, um, and then getting into, you know, getting into the gang um, with all the people who'd worked on it for years. I'd worked with a few of them before anyway on other bits so it was really nice to see a couple of familiar faces uh and um yeah it was great to do a a, a long running thing just because you can it's a bit more real world well you know what you're up to for a while you know you're in the same place for a while you're going to be with these people so it's a bit more of a, a community thing just as the bill and casualty is for the people who are on it long running yeah um yeah you've just got to like find your place within the family really uh so yeah that that was a good one Excellent. And then not long after, Two Pints. Now, Two Pints, I wanted to check because that had been on since like 2001, sort of huge kind of cult following, really, and still Mm. a few of the original actors about. You were part of the cast that it was almost your job to finish off the series. Did you feel any any pressure to sort of bring that to a close? Right. So it wasn't about bringing it to a close because okay. didn't have a clue it could have carried on do you know mm. what I mean didn't know whatever yes yeah but it was the fact that so I've got to be honest two pints of lager in a packet crisps might be my favorite job ever wow okay really really so just because so, I'd watched it I'd, I'd I was I was aware of this from a child yeah. I'd, I'd watched this show when I was shouldn't have but when I was like five you know it was like I said absolute British staple so funny and Ah, oh, it's just brilliant. Um, so it was an absolute favourite. So pressure-wise, I actually did. I, I, I just, I wondered how welcoming the gang were going to be because there's always been like five or six of them. Yeah, Ralph, Little, Will, Mella, and it was it was Sheridan and uh, um, Ralph Little had just left. Yeah, and so they wanted you know two new characters to come in. So it was my character and the character of uh, my boyfriend. And my character was actually based on Susan Nicholson, who is the creator of the show, the mm-hmm. whole show. Uh, and so to go into the audition even, and Susan's there, yeah. auditioned with her to play her yeah. character based on her. Didn't know that at the time of that okay. the audition. But, oh, I was just... Which is kind of just really very, very happy that day and having such silly fun and just like winding, just winding people up in the audition. I was, I was auditioning with a couple of boys and I was like, I'd be like, he's my favorite and stuff, just really being a silly, naughty girl. Um, so I think they thought I might fit in, you know, uh, and then uh, got the job and I was concerned I was like, oh Sheridan Smith is Sheridan Smith's left and I'm going in that is that is she's awesome she's yeah. brilliant I really like her character her vibe she's really down to earth and funny yeah. um so there was a bit of pressure there but I remember at the read through um them just being brilliant and exactly what, what you'd expect what you'd expect down to earth funny people yeah and they just brought me under their wing like perfectly really great um we went round Will's house you know, and he introduced us to the family. We had like, I can't remember if it was a barbecue, and like chilled in the hot tub or whatever. Just a nice, really nice bloke. Luke Jell played my brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we were, we had our own. So I actually did it when I was 16, um, two pints of and a bag of crisps before, before Waterloo Road, just before though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just before, because when I was auditioning for Waterloo Road, it was with Andrew Gunn, the director. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I got it. And 
uh, he said to me on set, he was like, Georgia, so you just come in for the audition. And I went home and put my TV on and it was you on Two Pints Lager. And I thought, yeah, let's get her. So that did me well. Anyway. That's brilliant. So yeah, yeah, really handy. So yeah, that was before it, but it was the live studio audience element of it because mm. I hadn't done any theatre. Uh, so it really lifted it. It was a different thing entirely. And the schedule for filming it was delightful because so Monday to Thursday, you go to a, a big warehouse day mm. with the set marked out on the floor in marker and tape the different rooms and then any ne- necessary props you've got there. Mm. And so you just start of the week you work on one episode a week and you'll do a read through monday morning and then you'll go through it scene by scene and uh, just put it onto this this the set and work on it and have a bit of fun friday you get picked up you get taken to the bbc studios i believe they're not in use anymore so uh, they, it was such it was it was such a cool place to work so it was the old bbc studios at shepherd's bush where they did blue peter you know oh, when yeah. they run around that circle yeah. in those studios? Oh, wow. Honestly, and when you'd go there, because I'd go there often, that's where I went for my first casualty audition, you'd go there often, and you always see so many random, interesting mm. people, BBC stars. I remember Lizo from Newsround. Me and my mum were walking down the corridor. Lizo from Newsround. You know, like... Yeah, come on, fun anyways. You'd always, it was, you just felt like you were a part of something. Yeah. And uh, awesome work in there. So you'd get picked up, get taken there. Then you do a rehearsal and do the dress rehe- a dress rehearsal. And then the audience go in and as um, a warm up. Mm-hmm. So brilliant comedians to get everyone going. And, uh, and then you come out and you shoot it, the whole thing in three hours. I think it was three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that is so fresh, refreshing. I'm used to spending four hours on one scene. So to do that and with the audience in front of you, it was like real fun. Yeah. So it was great to have like, I mean, any like little mistakes, any hiccups. It was fun. We want that atmosphere with the audience. Yeah. So it was like really cool watching and learning from Will and Natalie. Mm-hmm. Um having a bit of banter with the audience mm-hmm. and um it was, yeah I learned some bits from them they were just real charismatic funny people yeah. and, and just and it was a just a delightful workplace because people weren't taking things really very seriously they were just refreshing people to be around we were all aware of what we're working on so we were able to like chill and have a laugh and yeah just my kind of people really yeah, and I would love, love to do a um, a sitcom, another British sitcom. I would mm. love that. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, one thing I did want to check with you, you've worked with some fantastic people and it sounds like obviously you, the people who are very down to earth appeal to you. Have you ever at any point, especially getting into acting so young, have you ever sort of fangirled over anybody? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> one one oh two okay right so i mean I, I, I would keep it really cool generally because i really understood that these are just people and they're just doing a job i, I just got it because just did um but <laughs> i was doing a show called the children with kevin waitley this is i think i was like 14 and it was an, an itv series six part uh six part drama which I love. I love our British six-part dramas. Do you know I mean? Like broad church kind of job. Mm -hmm. And in it, a child had been murdered. And it showed us all doing it. And I played an inappropriate babysitter. That was the job. And we were at the read-through. These read-throughs are a bit of fun, mind, honestly. You do, you know, it's quite good getting together and seeing who's who's doing what. So I was at the read-through and I was sat on the end of the table and this woman was sat next to me. And we were just chatting just chilling waiting for it to start and then I clocked who she was and I, I, I stood up I just stood up because we both sat down I stood up and I went oh my god I love you I love you I love you <laughs> and um and because because she was she played um in Shaun of the Dead she played Simon Pegg's girlfriend yes yeah yeah 
so blonde woman yeah <laughs> and it was her because that is such a cool like that was a good film as well yes, and you know when someone just captures so, yeah. you off guard so I like proper stood up I love you oh my god I love you <laughs> and then and it took me just like 10 seconds to sit down I was like oh, I'm really sorry about that oh well sorry <laughs> like, that's brilliant so that is the biggest just like boom out there couldn't help myself at all but the other one was uh Steve Jones yeah Steve Jones and just I'm because he's Welshman do you know what I mean like getting together um and it was when we were doing Angus Thongs and before we'd started this is before the read-through Charlie one of the runners is saying taking us over to the studio for the read-through and I'm like, oh, who's in there then? Who's there? Who, who have we got here? And he's like, oh, Steve Jones is in there. I was like, oh, Steve Jones? He's like, yeah. So we walked up to the massive studio doors, giant, and then they opened. And he was there, like kind of, again, about 15 meters away. And I ran, ran over, hugged him. I went, Steve, I'm Welsh too. I was hugging him. And he was like, lovely. Really, really sound, really nice, really good bloke. And then we were doing, we were filming, and in Anger Songs, there's a scene where the mum is perving over him. He's a painter and decorator, and he's doing some jobs topless. I think, no, it's not only the mum, it's all of us. Like that day was Louise Renison, who was the author of Anger Songs and Perfect Snogging. And she was such a cool woman, such a really... So they were based on her diaries. What a way to, what a way to make, some, make some money. Absolutely. And a really successful series of books and film. And it was because it was honest. So she was, she was real fun, brilliant, open woman. Yeah. And she came along to set that day. And my mum was on set as well. So they're all like, do you know what I mean? Like checking out the action. And then with the, and then we finished filming. And we were, all of our dressing rooms were off this one corridor. We were walk, walking back to dressing rooms together. And, uh, and I said to Steve, I was like, oh, will you come and have a photo with me and my mum, please? Like just whatever. Maybe it was my yeah. last day working with him or something. It's like, oh, will you come and have a photo with me and my mum? He was like, Yeah, sure, George. I'll pop pop down to your dressing room in a bit. So me and mum were in my dressing room, like chilling. And then he came down and he had a shirt on. And I was like, No, mate, I meant topless. <laughs> he took his shirt off for a photo with me and my mum. Just just a really nice sport. And we've got that on the mantelpiece to this day. Nicely and, done. Yeah. <laughs> a good man so me let's starts with me running over to him finding i'm welsh too and now i've got a blooming photo of him topless with me and my mum on my mantelpiece oh i do love that that's brilliant you spoke, <laughs> you spoke about two pints being in front of a live audience and at that point you hadn't done any theater you did go on to do some theater afterwards what's it like doing it live because obviously when you're used to doing sort of takes over and over and piecing it all together is it sort of a different pressure that comes with it? Like you've got to perform on the night? Definitely different pressure. Uh, I first did, so it was Donkey Heart, written by Moses Rain, directed by Nina Rain. So uh, a sibling duo, awesome to work with. So, so brilliant. You know when people are really intelligent, but they're kind with it? Yes. Couldn't have been kind, more kind with it. They're, that's exactly those, those oh. lovely people. And... Uh, so it was a really nice one to start with. And it was a fun play, comedy, a bit of light comedy. I was I played the the girlfriend and I was like really dramatic, like nouveau rich Russian girl. It was fun. But I remember before press night and right, I okay, so I understand. I understand that you have to have press night as the first or second night because that's to promote the show for people to go buy tickets and to go watch the show. But it's actually, you know, it probably gets better, right? So yeah. that's not going to be one of the best shows. So it was just a bit, it was crazy to me, certainly, you know, being new to theatre. And then I'm like, oh, right, first show, press night, brilliant. So I was actually quite nervous. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was nervous. And then, and then when, and then a couple of days in, it was much, much better. So I'd probably rather, I'd rather invite people to come to, come to it later. Yeah. And the press come down like a week later or something, please. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was, that is a different pressure. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I'll tell you what, doing the short, doing a show or the story in chronological order, mm-hmm. that's a treat. Oh yeah. Because you certainly don't do that filming. 
We'll jump into questions from the class, if that's okay. Every week, yeah. my little year sixes write some, some questions and they always get very excited when I get to ask them to people. So we've got six questions awesome. and we'll see, see what you think. So from your point cool. of view, the first one, what is the best thing about being an actor? The opportunities it's afforded me to travel around the UK, to meet such interesting people, to have so much freedom mm-hmm. growing up, so much freedom. I was kind of going up and down to London on my own when I was 12. This is before I had a phone, before he had a phone with Google Maps and stuff. So my mum would print off an AA route planner nice. thing. So from Paddington, you get this tube, you get out at this station, and then you've got to like do it like a map, walk yeah. to this street, turn right on Purnell Road, whatever. And so I actually think... I think that really um, has been, I think that's an amazing thing to have been able to do all of that for myself. I'm quite proud of that. Yeah, definitely. Um, to be able to, to know that it's really good. I think it's that, that sense of freedom and, and responsibility at the same time. Mm. I, that's what I really, that was what I really enjoyed about it. Excellent. Well, you touched upon this earlier, but one of the questions is, have you made friends from any shows that you still speak to? I was actually messaging or talking to Sasha, um, Sasha Parkinson. Ah, yes. She was on, yeah, so she, um, so 30th coming soon, and she messaged me to see if I could go up for it. Um, nice. So, yeah, you know, I might pop up for that. I think that would be great. Um, she's up in Manchester, of course, and, like, you know, kind of people are all over, aren't they? So, yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's rare, but I do chat to people and it is yeah. nice to, but these days you can see what everyone's up to on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. So um, it's just, it's nice when you, oh, we don't have this anymore. So we used to go for auditions, sit in a waiting room mm. and go and see them in person, which is much more me. I definitely, that's the way I like to do it. Yeah. People's person, like let's meet you can get the vibe let's have some direction whereas these days all auditions are turning into self tapes yeah self tapes so we're talking about not back and forth zoom as we are now mm-hmm. it's you film yourself you you're at home you do your lighting setup you do the, the editing i feel like i'm being tested on my editing skills yeah on my camera skills on my sound on all of that and they're jobs for reasons yeah this of is course. why that's why there are jobs because it's a difficult thing to master. So yeah, that's gone that way actually. Oh well, I'm, I'm, that must be really weird. Like you said, obviously, I think half the reason that you've probably got most of your jobs that you've got is meeting people and sort of making connections with those people. So yeah, that doesn't seem sort of an I- ideal way yeah. for your character to come across. Exactly, and getting direction of you know back and forth in the room, but then taking it back to the question, uh, yeah, you then don't you're unable to meet up with your friends you'd always bump into people in these waiting rooms that's brilliant thank you uh what is the longest time you've been on set in like a single day have you ever had a whole day or like a night shoot or anything that you just think we've been here for hours now wow i like night shoots i can't tell you what the longest day is because it's all it's long it's and this isn't for any special makeup prosthetics nothing like that I mean, I'd love to do some kind of Marvel stuff and to have a really cool prosthetics. However, you're going to be getting picked up at like 1am to be in that makeup chair for five hours before you even begin to do anything. And that might be to do one scene that day with, you know, which could be five seconds of actual film. So uh, I'd love to do that, but... um, so you you know even even without all of that you're still getting picked up at like five half five yeah you know I'm getting Waterloo Road now and then driven to set and then you're in makeup hair and makeup for an hour and a half an hour and forty five and that's when I really envied envied the blokes because they just they were in and out in about half an hour yeah um so yeah I've been hair and makeup for ages and and that sounds like a delightful thing getting your hair and makeup done um. But it's long. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not going anywhere anyway. Yeah. Um, so you get all that done. 
and uh, and then there's you know it just can be very long days. So you'll start shooting at you'll start shooting at nine, I believe, mm-hmm. like on a normal day, nine a.m. But everyone's been there for hours getting ready. You, you know, you've got to go. You're on set at like eight, doing you know you stand in there, and then the, you'll do a little rehearsal. They'll get lighting set up. They'll get the dollies, the cameras, everything set up. And then you'll start at nine. And that's just the, the beginning of, uh, of a day of of however many scenes with however many pages. And usually we would wrap at 7 p.m. Wow. Finish. And then however long to drive back and yeah. you get back at like, do you know what I mean? Well, you've got to take all your hair, hair and makeup, costume off and everything. And then you get back, get back at like half eight, nine you know, and then kind of start again. So yeah. it was like, you know, you go to sleep early anyway because you're in that kind of routine. But it is, like, that is standard. Yeah. Are you telling me you didn't get up at 1.30 a.m. to get your fried egg prosthetic on your casualty job? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they were, like, being really kind because I was a kid, and I think they look after kids really well. So, for instance, they give you a 15 minutes break every hour, sleep, right, legal okay. requirement, under yeah. 16. I really enjoyed them. Um, I don't know, I get just some kind of like buzzy energy about it. And I'd always have my headphones in and have some like great music on and keep it lively, keep it going and have a bit of fun. I, I quite like the energy of it. Awesome. Who are the actors that you have looked up to throughout your career? Who's been your inspiration? Um, Olivia Coleman, 100%. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I only discovered her a bit later. Uh, yeah, a bit later I discovered her, but I love her person herself. I love her character, love her in interviews. She's so great and honest and down to earth and normal and doesn't know everything. Yeah. So um, delightful. And and then, on of course, on top of that, she's such a great actress, so naturalistic and brilliant. So I just think she's awesome, um, an all-rounder. And uh, Kathy Burke yes. as well. Grew up watching Gimme 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 with my mum, um, Kevin and Perry go large. Pwah, now we're talking. Absolutely. Come on. Like, <laughs> she's awesome. So her, definitely. Uh, Sally Davies, mm-hmm. amazing as well from um, Nighty Night and so many other things. Brilliant, brilliant comedian. Um, and then uh, Smack the Pony. Yes. Loved Smack the Pony too. So all of those women were just brilliant. And and I, because I I thought about this recently, and it's definitely that lot, it's definitely that lot that grabbed my attention and I wanted to watch. Yeah, definitely. These women being silly and funny, because that's certainly what my mum was like. That's like my mum and her mates. It was awesome to see that on TV. Mm-hmm. So I guess, because I'm obviously privileged having had seen them. Mm-hmm. Don't know who did it before them like bring this just brilliant comedy to the masses before them so like luckily I had them leading the way yeah I think yeah they're they're the ones and (gasps) Kathy Burks came to see Donkey Heart that play was set in Russia yeah she came to see it she's mates with Nina and um and I I and Nina came to me afterwards and she said that Kathy said, who's that girl? Oh, she wow. was great or something. Whatever, man. <laughs> I didn't meet her, gutted. But um, yeah, those those kind of women. Some great choices. What would be your dream role? So anything that you think you spoke about Marvel there, is would that be up there? Good, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, right. Um, oh, such a hard one. It is. It's just this is the honesty you get from 10-year-olds. <laughs> Yes. It would be a character on a great British sitcom and it would be having some silly fun, like a funny character challenged in some way because just the like the the liberty you've got, you can just like you can just have fun with it. And yeah. And I'd really love to do that. I would love to do another one like that. Um otherwise character wise. I like I love Sherlock Holmes so much. Mm-hmm. Love Sherlock Holmes. I could be Sherlock. You could be. That'd be brilliant. So uh, that's my answer. Uh, hey, I'd watch you as Sherlock. That'd be awesome. Excellent. 
final question. Uh, again, these are sort of 10 and 11. Uh, do you have any advice for somebody who would like to pursue acting as a career? My advice would be to find a local class, mm-hmm. local, local acting class and start there and just see if you like it. And it's actually going to be really fun, doing a lot like what I did. And it was to go and just games, drama games, stand around in a circle and right, you've got two aliens. Okay. Two aliens either side of you, and they're speaking gobbledygook, and you're the translator in the middle. Stuff like that. Like. Yeah. And it's great for confidence in general. And I couldn't encourage it more just because it's an, it's an awesome time to get into it when you're young because yeah. you're so free and confident and happy. And it's not about getting the jobs. It's not about getting a job. Who actually wants a job at that age? You're fine. It's about getting that day of school, going for some nice food and just seeing that, seeing how that goes. Like as in seeing what it's like even to go to that city and have that day out and meet these people who are there to meet you. And just like eyes open, ears open, listening, learning and enjoying. And um, yeah, no pressure just because you've got all the time in the world. And then from so after you've done like your local drama school stuff, then it's thinking about whether you want to go to college to do it or whether you want to go to a drama university or something in London or in Edinburgh or Cardiff or wherever to do, to study drama. Um, you can do that as well. So mm-hmm. you can always do that. And then, so what happens there is you go and you do the whole course and um, and then at the end you do a showcase in which agents come to see it and then an agent will scout you because you're going to be awesome and then you go for auditions start doing professional work but that's not what I did I started when I was eight and then just started auditioning and started working so even if you feel like you can't get to oh the best class or you can't go to this drama school you can do it anyway Excellent. Thank you for that. Because the kids always love it. That's always their favourite bit when they're like, have you asked my question and stuff? So they get to hear it. Wicked. One thing I did want to ask you here, on your CV, I like that your voice is described as earthy and husky. Do you think your voice is quite distinct or does everyone from sort of your part, your neck of the woods, do you think you sound the same as everybody else? Or do you think you have got quite a distinctive voice? It's funny, earthy, husky, um, aged. Um, (laughs) I, well, I, uh, voice work is my dream. It's my dream Mm -hmm. for so many years. And after new, after, you know, different jobs, you know, I'm wherever in, in the street or out and about, and just chatting to my mate or something, and someone will be like, oh, are you blah, blah, blah from blah, 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 or blah, blah, blah from whatever show, mm-hmm. is that people would recognise me from my voice, even if I'm like, they're like, are we Maddie, Maddie in Waterloo Road? I'm like, oh, they're like, I recognise you from your voice. I'm like, oh, gutted, I did a, an accent. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so I've got a voice, voice agent now, and uh, well, I've, ha- I've been with them for years, and, yeah, I've moved into that, moved into voice work. And I love it with all my heart. Love it so much. Want to do it for the rest of my life, big time. I'm not not boxed in by what I look like. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to be a specific age. I don't have to, because it's all about what you look like on, on camera, right? Everything's course, got to yeah. fit. The odds are so, so, so stacked against you for everything to be right. Um, whereas with this, there's so much more freedom and flexibility. Uh, but I get really creepy characters all the time. <laughs> the creepy ones, which I love. Um, so yeah, I keep playing nutters and like just <laughs> scary, scary stuff. But that's awesome. Excellent. So is that what we can expect to see from you in the future then? We'll hear your voice rather than see your face? Can't tell you how much I'd love that. It's just so much fun. Yeah, really love it. Yeah. Excellent. Um, I've got to ask about, because I've seen on your Instagram, you uh, spent uh, some time in Cambodia, which looked amazing. How was that? Oh, it's so amazing. My brother lives there. Mm-hmm. He's there for five years, went traveling, never came back. And um, I lived there. I moved out there four years ago. 
All right, okay. um, Yeah, I just got a bit fed up of London and um, came out of a relationship and rang my mum and I was like, we split up. And her first response was, why don't you move to Cambodia? I was like, what? Really hadn't thought of that. I was like, what? She's like, why don't you move to Cambodia? I'll lend you a grand. Like, amazing. That's special. I was like, uh... Yeah, so Cambodia, lived there for six months. Mm-hmm. We went to Bali for a couple, ended up in Australia for three, four months, and then came back to the UK just to get back at it, really. I was ready then. Yeah. And then I got back and, and start working. I start started working again straight away. Um, so all of my fears that, oh, you can't go and you can't go and almost do this for yourself this makes i love to travel god don't we all and no, that's yeah. like some most amazing experiences and like learning opportunities i just never thought i'd be able to do it i thought you had to be you know just there always mm-hmm. whenever anyone asks and um i remember speaking to my agents and they just said go you'll come back everything will be the same everyone's gonna be the same everything's gonna be exactly the same do it and I did and it was and it was amazing so I, I love the place love Cambodia so much uh, my brother lives on Koh Rong Sandoam so it's one of a, a small island off the south coast lovely I used to live at a place called Lazy Beach which is a kilometer and a half through the jungle to get to anywhere else wow coral reefs both sides of the bay phosphorus and plankton every night because there's no light pollution whatsoever there's only 20 bungalows and i was living in the jungleo um which was a bungalow with only like three sides to it nice and in the uk i'm a wimp i'm like like you know i'm like oh ants oh flies um but you grow to your box don't you so i was out there and it was me my brother and his girlfriend um as the western staff and then everyone else was Cambodian so I like I learned loads Cambodian because I wanted to chat to everyone so it was like being in a proper village well on a beach and but everyone else had like partners and stuff and then I'd be going back to my jungle it was called the jungle because it was the close like actually I mean it in the jungle yeah really hard hardened to these scary bugs and stuff it was a really really cool opportunity so it was awesome to go back and this time um it was really good because i've uh, i had i had just had a bit i had a bit more money yeah. so i was able to whereas when i was living there before you know you're living there you're keeping it really cheap and this time i went scuba diving scuba diving for the first time in my life did two dives loved it definitely do it again um massages galore and then of course family time mm-hmm. And my grandma came. Uh, she's 78 years old and she's a, she's a strong, very, very, very characterful woman. Um, shots of tequila, got on the shots. She's like, oh, it's like petrol. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just having loads of fun with grandma. And, um, yeah, I was out there for a real nice amount of time on the island. So that's mm-hmm. one location, amazing, beautiful. Then on the mainland, Campot, a place called Campot, which is just off the Mekong River and uh, and it's on mangroves, mangroves. So that's a whole different, like the nature's awesome. And it's really fun and I love the place. Excellent. So if you fully recharge your batteries now then. I have. And literally my first, so I arrived back on Saturday and uh and I went straight down to Cardiff to work on um, work on research and development for a new play. Oh. Um, so I was straight into that on Monday and Tuesday. And wow! It's really it's a really heavy topic. This one it's about it's a true story about a woman who got into uh, an abusive relationship, and it's about that very relationship. And um, and yeah, um, it basically she. She got attacked so viciously and buried. The, the bloke thought he'd killed her. He buried her. She survived. Wow. And yeah, proper survivor. And so yeah, we we're doing um, doing a bit on, on that. Um, and so it was quite quite a difference. Quite a difference coming back from holiday, mm. and then Monday morning doing that read through was really hard hitting. To be honest yeah. with you, bring you back yeah. down to earth. Yeah, but we love the challenge, don't we? Absolutely. We <laughs> and I and I want that this 
ex- really these are the jobs I want. I want I want to show real stories, people who are challenged, and I, I like the gritty the gritty bits. I do. Mm, that sounds Tough awesome. Ones. Yeah. So is is, so is that coming later this year? Um, I don't know when. Don't know when it's going to happen. To be honest okay. with you, it's just like being worked on at the moment. Okay. Um, and I think it's really good for the writer. Uh, well, so it's being written as we speak. Um, and so I think it's great for the writer. Just useful to hear it out loud. Yes. Done by done by people. Um, I don't know, just to hear it out loud. And I'm sure you'd get like, you can cut bits and add bits and see what's making sense and stuff. Yeah. I'm always apologetic because I'm like, oh no, but don't don't cut anything because that might have just been me being rubbish because we've literally just read it out loud once yeah. for the first time. So I don't know how useful that would be, but what they said, they said it was quite useful. So like, it's just interesting. That's another, like, that's another part of the process that that happens that we don't necessarily know about yeah has it has it got a title or a working title at the moment uh, yeah they've got a few they've got a few i don't know i don't know what i don't i don't i don't know what i want to say just mm-hmm. in case i'm not allowed to oh fair enough um but they've got a few and and um chatting about that was quite interesting because it's quite something naming something oh yeah <laughs> big responsibility yeah brilliant right well Whatever happens with that, it sounds interesting. So I'm going to keep an eye out for the the unnamed project because that, that does sound good going into your future. And I'd just like to finish by just thanking you for your time this morning. It's been really, really interesting. Oh, no, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's been a really nice, great thing to do on a Sunday morning. I'll see you same time next week, shall I? Do you know what? I would genuinely love to have weekly chats with Georgia. She was just so open and honest and really down to earth. And it was just a wonderful way to spend the Sunday morning chatting with her. And if I'm ever fortunate enough to meet her in person, I am 100% doing what she did to Steve Jones. Just running up, giving her a big hug and just shouting, Georgia, I'm Welsh too. As always, a big thank you to you for listening. And if you enjoy the episodes and don't yet follow the podcast on the socials, then do it now. It's Talks with a Teacher on Facebook and Instagram, Talks with Pod over on Twitter, and be sure to subscribe to get notified of new episodes from your chosen podcast provider. Thanks again, and I'll see you soon.